0: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Let's get it. All football, all the time. You're listening to The Best Football Show. Hosted by Brian Baldinger. Hello, good morning, and welcome to the Best Football Show. I am Brian Baldinger. I'm here in my uh, film room at NFL Films on the third floor in beautiful Mount Laurel, New Jersey, where it's snowing like crazy, just a winter wonderland. And it kind of tells you that it's playoff season, divisional round of the playoffs, special time, mid-January. We started this thing back in mid-July, teams reporting to training camp. There's eight teams standing. 32 teams went to camp in the, in the hot days of July and August, and here we are in uh, a winter wonderland in mid-January, and there's eight teams standing. And it's exciting because we get two games on Saturday and two games on Sunday. And I have – there's a couple of these games of rematches. You know, Kansas City-Buffalo, they played in week 14. Buffalo won that game 20-17. to It was classic, classic game. But uh, back in week six, Detroit went to Tampa, and they won the game. So I went back and rewatched it it um, yesterday. And I just want to kind of tell you a little bit. Like, I didn't think Todd Bowles could have blitzed more than he did Monday night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense uh, in that win against the Eagles to advance to the divisional round. I didn't think he could do it until I watched week six when Detroit came to town. And I counted 18 blitzes. And it was every variety of blitz. It was sending – Devin White and Levante David right up the middle. It was bringing Antoine Winfield from the safety and the week and, and the nickel back Itzian from the slot. It was every com it was zone pressures where you're dropping Joe Tryon into coverage and you're coming in overload. It was third and one. Let's blitz the run. And they had success. They had a lot of success. I counted 18. Who knows? It might have been more. I mean, I kind of lost track, to be honest with you. Then I went back and watched all the blitzes, and they were really effective. You know, they, they, Detroit caught them a couple of times with some, you know, hit screens and bubble screens, and here they are kind of attacking the line of scrimmage, and the ball goes to the flat and pick up Penay Sewell and, uh, you know, Glasgow, and they get a couple blocks out there, and, you know, Reynolds goes for 20. They got a couple plays like that, but by and large, the blitz was really effective. So what happened in the game was there was no Jameer Gibbs. He didn't play in that game. So Chad Reynolds was the second running back, and Montgomery got hurt in the game. And so, you know, it, it, it's not apples-apples. Apples. It's it's different. Teams are different. But you can kind of glean some things from the styles and what you can expect. I, I fully expect Todd Bowles and Tampa's defense to blitz a lot. It's what they do. And, you know, you can live by the blitz. You can die by it. But the best way to get a team to stop blitzing, if you don't want them to, some teams want you to blitz. They're just waiting to, to, to just put a dagger in you with a big play, which is where I'm going to go with this. So, but the best way to to stop a team from just disrupting your timing in the passing game and disrupting, you know, your plays in the run game is to is to beat them. Is to gash them, and that always gets a coordinator to kind of back off and go, okay, we'll play we'll play a little bit more structured defense right now. But this is what Tampa does. And they put a lot of pressure on the secondary to hold up and linebackers to cover Levante David covering Sam Laporta. You know, one time he makes an unbelievable play on the ball down the field on third down. They get off the field. The other time Laporta wins and they get a big play. So it puts a lot of pressure on these guys to be able to hold up because they played a lot of man coverage behind it. But not always. Sometimes they ran these zone pressures where they're playing zone behind it. So you got def- to decipher this stuff. But the biggest play in the game in week six came on third and 10. Detroit was winning 10 to six. It's a nail biter. I mean, it's late in the third quarter. It's three minutes to change in the third quarter. It's 10, six. It's anybody's ball game. And third and 10, uh, Jared Goff dropped back and they had a bunch formation and they ran one what we call like a layered out. So they had a, one guy of the bunch running basically a flat route. A Ross, St. Brown ran like a like a deep out and then Jameson Williams ran a seven cut to the corner. 45 yards. They was third and 10 at the 45-yard line. They stopped them on third down, they're punting. They're punting on third and 10 and Tampa's getting the ball back with another chance at 10-6. But on this play, Jared Goff saw one-on-one coverage with the safety Ryan Neal and Jameson Williams run the seven cut, and he threw this, what we call what, you know, I used to call like just throwing it to an open patch of grass, just throw it out there, and let Jameson Williams. I've nicknamed Jameson Williams the Motown Comet because he just looks like this era's uh, Deshaun Jackson. He just runs at a different speed. He's got beautiful stride. He makes it look easy. He makes it look like being the fastest player on the field is like no big deal. He just can flat out fly. So he runs his seven cut, and Ryan Neal, is he's trekking there. He's there. And originally, Jameson Williams looks over his left shoulder like this for the ball, and it's not there, and it's coming over the inside shoulder. So he turns around and does a complete 360-degree turn with the ball in the air going full speed, and he catches it against his body for a 45-yard touchdown. Score went to 17-6. Um, Tampa never challenged after that. It was one play. And that's sometimes, you know, you go, okay, well, Tampa can't win this game. They can't run the ball. You know, Detroit's healthy. Sometimes you get Mike Evans out there against the corner, Kildor, who's probably their, their fourth corner this year, maybe their fifth corner after all the injuries, Jerry Jacobs went down, all the guys that got hurt. Um, he's out there. Like, I could see Mike Evans being that, like, couple go balls to Mike Evans, you know, against Vildor. I I can see that matchup and Baker going, let's go downtown with it. You throw a jump ball on Mike Evans at 6'5", and been doing this thing for a decade now. Nobody's better tracking a deep ball uh, and using his size and reach and low post basketball ability to go get a ball. So these games, well, you know, the lines are set and, okay, this team's favored, but it sometimes comes down to just making these plays like Jameson Williams. In that first game, it came down to really one play. Um, You know, in the fourth quarter, uh, Detroit, you know, defense really stepped up and got Tampa off the field. And, you know, they won the game pretty easily. But, you know, it wasn't easy. Like You look at the final score, it wasn't easy. It was a 10-6 game with three minutes to go, and the game got broken wide open. And I counted 18 blitzes from Tampa. When you watch this game on Sunday afternoon at, was it, start at 3 o'clock? I mean, they blitzed the first play of the game. Uh, they they brought Devin White off the edge, free, coming right at uh, Jared Goff. So a couple things that Detroit can do against a team that's as as blitz-happy as Tampa is. You can hold the count as long as possible, and maybe they'll show their hand about where they're coming from. They might start cheating. You might see Devin White going from inside linebacker, lining up outside. Well, he's, he's going out there to get a, a run at the quarterback. So sometimes you can hold the count. Uh, protections are really important uh, so that, you know, if you're in slide protection and they attack the backside of the protection backside of the slide, can your back get there to pick up that inside linebacker coming? All these things are being studied, practiced. It's Friday. So there's still a practice day for Detroit before Sunday where you can really, the hay's not in the barn. You can really work on your blitz pickup and really just reviewing the types of blitzes that, Tampa runs against Philly against, you know, Detroit in week six, you can kind of like start to see a a rhythm and a pattern, but I don't know. When I study it, I don't see a rhythm and a pattern. I see first down blitzes. I see third downs. I see runs. I see goal line blitzes. So, you know, that's, that's who, that's their DNA. It's who they are. So it's something to really look forward to, I think. And then I think the other game that I want to really hit on is, The Sunday night game, Kansas City-Buffalo. That was a great game in week 14. Great game. 20-14 to game. 20-17 to game. Seems like all these games come down to a field goal. You think back a couple years ago in the overtime game, uh, you know, the Chiefs had 13 seconds left and were down by three. And in two plays, they got into field goal range to send it into overtime, won it in overtime. It was an amazing game. I mean, I don't know how many points were scored in the final two minutes in overtime of the game, but it was a lot. Um, These games kind of can – Turn into a, a, a track meet sometimes. But I thought it was really interesting what Steve Spagnola did. By the way, that whiteboard right there, uh, right there, that is Steve Spagnolo's uh, cover three shell, all right, that he wrote up for me about how he teaches it, installs it. Uh, when he was here uh, before he went to Kansas City, he was out of football for a year. Uh, he would come here every Monday. He'd be over in that projector over there studying film. I'd be over here and we'd just talk football. But I never took that down. Anyways, one of the things he did, and it'll be interesting to see if he does something similar. But they really wanted to try to contain Josh Allen from running the ball. Obviously, last week against Pittsburgh, six man pressure. He takes off with it, fifty two yards, goes all the way to pader Well, they didn't want that to happen because he can do that. He does that. He did it to Miami. He did it to Pittsburgh. I mean. Josh Allen can be the biggest, strongest, fastest running back on the field sometimes. So they didn't want that to happen. So what they did was, you know, Chris Jones is a monster inside at defensive tackle.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
2: Thanks to Republic Records, this is a national contest.
1: Number 95, Kansas Kansas City. And if you give him one-on-ones against anybody for Buffalo, he's going to win. He's just that strong, dominant skilled. But there were times when all they wanted to do, regardless of down and distance, was to keep Josh Allen in the pocket and not let him get out. So at times, they just rushed four. And they, didn't, they weren't trying to just win their one-on-ones and running twist stunts and all that. They didn't do that. They kind of just pushed the pocket and squeezed the pocket and made Josh hold it. That was one way. But what they ultimately did was they, they ran a lot of three-man rushes. Okay, It could be Chris Jones on the nose, Mike Dana on the nose. That varied. And then the ends rushed wide and they just tried to squeeze the pocket. And then they used the inside linebacker Willie Gay is a spy, and Willie Gay's got tremendous speed. Now, I don't know if he's faster than than Nick Bolton. I don't know that, but I, I have a feeling they had him spying because I think he's the fastest linebacker. And it's it's a it's it's an assignment that's a fun assignment because basically all you're doing as that spy is just mirroring Jared Allen. If Jared Allen starts to take off and run, you just go run and chase. And it's, you know, it's it's an interesting concept because Josh Allen is faster than most linebackers, but Willie Gay flattened him a bunch. In fact, uh, in one of the escapes that Josh Allen tried to do, going to his right, being classic Josh Allen, here comes Willie Gay, and he's sprinting right at him. And Josh tries to make this throw across his body to the middle of field, and Chamari intercepted it. And it was frustrating to Josh. And so they did a good job. And, and then at the end of the game... Josh Allen had eight runs for 32 yards. Now, one was his longest was eight-yard scramble. Okay, he turned a corner against Willie Gay, and then he got a six-yard touchdown run. But by and large, they did a good job of keeping him bottled up and forcing a takeaway. So, Kansas City knows that now, okay? Buffalo knows that now. So, how does Steve Spagnuolo, does he employ the same – three-man rush spy, is it a different way of containing Josh Allen? Because let's face it, these last two weeks, Josh Allen has been the difference in Buffalo's offense, running the ball. And so how do they limit that? Again, I mean, if you said to Steve Spagnuolo right now, hey, we'll give you uh, – Josh is going to run eight times for 32 yards. Are you good with that? He go, I'll take that in a second. And, oh, by the way, within that, skiing – He's going to throw an interception. Like, that's a good game plan. Now they Kansas City lost the game twenty to seventeen, so um, but they kept the score tight and Josh didn't beat them. You know, with the way he's been able to beat some of these teams, so that's that's a interesting game within a game to look for. Um, and it's not just third downs. Like they they mix it up, and then there was one time where they went empty, Buffalo went empty, and so there was a tendency for Josh Allen on empty sets and if the middle is open to just take off with it with a little quarterback draw. Kansas City anticipated that, and they ran double-twist stunts with their outside rushers, Mike Danna and George Karloftis, coming inside and the tackles going outside. And Karloftis came free and tackled Josh Allen for no gain. So it's a good – it was a really good scheme. Buffalo scored 20 points, um, and They won. So I'm not taking anything away from it. They won the game. But I want to really see that cat-mouse game on Sunday afternoon, Sunday night, uh, how Kansas City defends the Bills. I I think you're going to see a lot of corner blitzes. Legarius Sneed, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson. I mean, they're really clever at getting speed off the edge to Josh Allen. It has affected him before. So that's the best football show. I keep going. I go on and on and on. Thanks for joining me. I'm at Baldy NFL on Twitter and Instagram and X and YouTube. I'm on the Odyssey app. Go download it. Watch it every day. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. I don't care. But I'll be here Monday to break down all four games. So come join me on Monday, and I'll give you Baldy's view of what happened in all four games and how we got to Championship Sunday, which will be a week from this coming Sunday. Anyways. Thanks for joining me, everybody. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the divisional round, and I'll see you on Monday.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.